Hello and welcome back to Say It Again, the Soda 2 podcast where we think back about the events of the day, we say a few things again, and we get ready for tomorrow. It is October the 1st, 2019, and as befitting October, it is a dark and stormy night. This is episode 18. There's something about fall. Perhaps it's the coming of autumn or the fact that October ends with Halloween, the carving of jack-o'-lanterns. Maybe it's the corn stalks out in the field beginning to turn brown and then gray. There's, there's something about fall that always reminds me of Edgar Allan Poe and his stories like The Pit and The Pendulum or his poems like The Raven. Here's a poem for today by Edgar Allan Poe, published in 1850, titled A Dream Within a Dream. Take this kiss upon the brow, and in parting from you now thus much let me avow, you are not wrong, who deem that my days have been a dream, Yet if hope has flown away in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand, how few! Yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep, while I weep, while I weep. O oh God, I cannot grasp them with a tighter clasp. O oh God, I cannot save even one from the pitiless wave. Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? Well, it's already Tuesday. The week appears to be flying by, almost half over, and I suppose this is because it's been such a busy week already at Soda 2. In social studies today, students had an opportunity with Mrs. Schmuck to study the history of maps and map making, the history of cartographers, those who draw the maps, and the history of cartography, the maps, and the study of maps. And in particular, uh, today was a chance for students to sit and get some information. Right? Some of our studies require us to sit and read. Some of our studies require us to climb or to build or to explore or to go and try things. In a little while, we'll talk about how we had to break things on purpose in science. But some days it's important to be able to sit and listen and watch and take notes. And so today students practiced different styles of note-taking in social studies as they listened to and studied that history of maps. It's very important to us at SOTA too that we give students choice. You know, one of those educational buzzwords that we often hear as teachers is differentiation, 
right? Our district and our school wants us as teachers to make sure that we're personalizing learning. And these are lovely words, but so often they don't mean a whole lot. At SOTA 2, differentiating really comes down to giving students meaningful choices. And so if you were a student sitting in social studies today, you had the choice to listen and take traditional college notes. Imagine a piece of lined paper, a sharpened pencil, and bullet points, and perhaps some arrows, perhaps some notes off to the side, but traditional college notes. But if that's not your style, there are other options. We, of course, spent a good bit of time here at the beginning of science class training students to take visual notes and to use a variety of tools, everything from crayons all the way up to very sophisticated art apps on their iPads. And so students had the option to sit and listen and take visual notes about the history of map making. And if that's not your style, students also had the option to get up and move around the room or to doodle while they took notes. And we do actually practice doodle notes. It's somewhere between traditional note-taking and visual note-taking. There might be some bullets, there might be some arrows, you might be working on lined paper, but for many of us, we actually listen and concentrate more successfully if we can also keep our hands busy at the same time. And so some of our students' notes today in social studies blossomed with trees and root systems and leaves and all sorts of doodles in the margins. It's important to give students meaningful choices if you want them to take the information seriously. And for anyone who feels skeptical about these alternative styles of notes, I would refer you to the brain research, which suggests that we as human beings will be able to recall abstract information so much more successfully when we code that information using emotional experiences. And art is an experience. So if we can use art to code our knowledge, to make it memorable, and to make it beautiful, it will stick with us. A busy day in social studies. In science class today, we continued on with our work in computer science. So yesterday, students had the opportunity to begin building a keynote slideshow or a deck of keynote slides that were linked together with buttons, perhaps animated buttons, perhaps buttons that led you on an adventure or told a story or helped you play a game. And today we rolled out the application design process. Really, it's the design process in very general terms you could use it for anything, but we're going to apply it to the design of apps, the design of applications. And the steps go like this. First, we design the thing that we're creating, then we build, then we test, then we debug. Finally, we showcase and share. 
and the design in this case is very open-ended. It simply has to have a certain number of buttons and a way back to the home screen. Students have had a chance to work in class to build it, and today we focused our in-class work time on testing it. And that was what I uh, said to them, and that was what I meant earlier when I suggested that in science class we broke things on purpose. When you are coding, when you are designing a user interface, you want to check and see if everything that you have planned is working and everything that you have not planned for is taken care of. People, when they use computers, right, computer users are likely to do something unexpected, to use a program in a way that you, the designer, had not planned on, or to click a part of the screen that you were not expecting them to click. And so first we asked students to try to break their own programs on purpose and then debug or fix those places where the where the program, where the keynote slideshow was showing an error. And then we set up a gallery and students walked around the room visiting each other's iPads and writing down specific feedback on note cards for each student so that as programmers, they could go back in and make corrections, right? Make changes for the bugs or the problems that their peers found when they tried to crash each other's programs, crash each other's iPads. So that's the feedback loop with testing and debugging, right? We design, we build, we test, we debug, there's a problem. So we go back and build again, and then we test again, and then we debug again. And you wanna go through all of that before you put out a beta version and have other people test for you and then go back and build and debug again before you ever showcase and then share. We also took some time at the beginning of block two to do some sustained silent reading. And to get ready for that, we used our CPR time, our circle of power and respect time, to take a look at and highlight all of the different ways that we can use our technology to read. And so because it's technology related, I'm including it here in the, in the science class report. It very much relates to the app design work that we're doing now in science class. And so students created a list for each other of resources and it was exciting to see the look of amazement and wonder on some of their faces as they found out that there was so much more on the iPad available for them to read with than just iBooks or just Mac and Via. We of course have many students in the class that prefer to read books with pages during sustained silent reading time, but students also highlighted iBooks and Epic, Mac and Via, and several different options for audiobooks uh, and ebooks, as well as some web websites including Wattpad and several websites where there are some delightful comics to be read. Um, during sustained silent reading, 
the real underlying purpose is to make sure that 100% of the students in the room are productively engaged in reading, are enjoying reading. That's a very, very important experience. And so sometimes we play to people's strengths and interests and make sure that they're connected to interesting reading materials so they can have that experience of enjoying reading. Lots of different technological options on our iPads to do that with, and students had a chance to read. We'll, of course, continue that tomorrow with the other group and make sure that they get all of those options highlighted. We finished up both science classes by looking at just how far technology has come in my own lifetime. Uh, we put up a picture, I put up a picture of the Macintosh 512K, the second generation Macintosh that I had as a child. My father brought home from the computer store and I was delighted to discover that I could type and write and paint on a computer. Such an important experience for me as a child. But that computer had 512 kilobytes of memory. And students were quick to discover today that their iPads have 2 million times the memory capacity of that original computer, that first computer that I saw back in 1986-1987. Two million times more powerful. That discovery is going to be very important as we start to work backwards through the history of computer science over the next few days and understand the innovations and the inventions that have brought about such a remarkable development in computing capacity. That's all I have for today. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to ask lots of questions. Stay dry if you go outside because it's still thunderstorming. Get a good night's sleep and we'll see you tomorrow. As a final note tonight, a mystery at Soda 2, the case of the chocolate chip cookies. We're not sure how, we're not sure who, we're not even sure why, but it was a delicious surprise. Somehow a plate of chocolate chip cookies appeared on my desk this afternoon. Mrs. Schmuck and I ate them. They were so good. And so tomorrow I will have to provide some chocolate chip cookies in return, because I don't know whose cookies they were. We never could figure the mystery out, but they were delicious, and so I have a debt to repay. If they were your cookies, please let us know.